The Canadian Association of Chiefs of Police in our city holding a leadership conference. As policing is under the microscope, demands for service continue, response times suffer. And there are many crimes that are, frankly, overwhelming in a world where commerce is done on our phones and computers and criminals are tapping in to take advantage, even with what we consider to be safe and secure systems in place. With us on 680 CJOB is Mark Rogers. He's a professor, director of the Cyber Forensics and Social Media Intelligence Lab. He's a chief scientist at the uh, Purdue High Tech Crime Unit in the Department of Computer and Information Technology at the Purdue uh, Polytechnic Institute. Uh, Marcus Rogers, good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, yeah. Thanks uh, for inviting me. You talk about Ukraine and what's going on there in the cyber world. And as you go through that narrative, it's no wonder at times we are overwhelmed here in North America. Talk about your research and what we're seeing right now when it comes to cyber criminals. Yeah, uh, really, the the Ukraine experience was something that I had gotten involved in uh, earlier before uh, the Russian uh, invasion. And it was a program to really start kind of kickstarting their cybersecurity because they knew that there was an intersection between cybersecurity attacks, cybercrime, and national security. And that became extremely obvious once the uh, war in the Ukraine uh, kicked off because there was a lot of cyber warfare attacks that looked like a, you know, a, a uh, could have been a cyber crime that ended up turning into potential national security issues uh, and, and attacking of the critical infrastructure. And it was a project, like I said, that we've been involved in. And the project was really how do we increase the capacity and the capabilities of law enforcement and the government to deal with these type of events? Because, as you said, they can be absolutely overwhelming. And what became very obvious very quickly is, in fact, the smaller uh, police agencies, kind of what, they, what we call this kind of the state and local they're usually the first kind of early warning system that something is going on. But because they're not recognizing it, they're not trained, or they feel overwhelmed, or they don't know who to contact, um, they basically were, were missing things. So once we got them trained, and it was a very interesting program to really know when to actually you know, believe that there was something bigger than just a small little crime, uh, like I said, it, it turned out to be a very successful program, uh, and we're still seeing some of the results of that in the Ukraine. And that's something that we've actually been working on both in the United States, and now it's something I know that they're interested uh, in doing in Canada, is looking at how law enforcement can increase their capabilities and, and you know, with some different models that rely on not just law enforcement, but uh, introduce academia in the private sector into helping them deal with these issues. And rather than have specialized units, and you probably need that within law enforcement, that training goes to every police officer to recognize this because the earlier and more recognition you can get, the better that you can alert other agencies that deal with this on an ongoing basis. Absolutely. We've heard, we've heard about it as the first responders. So, the, you know, patrol officer that's, you know, going to the scene, that's talking to somebody, uh, they're, you know, they're taught to recognize, hey, wait a minute, this is not just kind of the run of the mill. This might be something that, you know, then we need to escalate up to that next level within the specialized units within the agency. But definitely that first responder is, uh, you know, this is, this is part of that early warning system. How closely are you watching things like 
chat GPT and artificial intelligence because we know, for example, and people here in Winnipeg will be familiar with the grandparent scam. And you're getting a call and they're saying, you know, uh, grandma, this is your grandchild. And they're, you know, they're getting that information and, and hoping that they get it right. But now we're hearing things like artificial intelligence is being used so that that grandchild's actual voice is being copied. And I fear there will be a lot more victims as a result. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, the, it, technology is always something that uh, that the bad guys really jump on early. And the chat GPTs, the, what they call the large language models, the things we're seeing right now, um, they're actually being used to do exactly what you're talking about, to make it much more sophisticated. Uh, we're seeing that with um, the emails that used to be pretty easy to tell when it was, you know, English was the first language, there was grammatical errors, spelling mistakes that didn't quite you know, match what it would look like coming from the company. Well, now it looks professional. It looks like, you know, you couldn't tell that it didn't come from those agencies. The grammar is perfect, uh, exactly what you're talking about. We call deep fakes with voice. Uh, we're not seeing the video ones yet, but I guarantee you those are coming. And that just is going to make this extremely complicated because it just takes it to that, that next level. So how can we prevent being victims? Because part of it is is police agencies spotting this when you are a victim. But I think the goal here has to be prevention. And I'm seeing, you know, in, in cases of the deep fakes with with voices and, and those sorts of things, it's sort of low-tech solutions like that you and I have a code word that we might say so that you know, ah, yes, that's Julie speaking. Or I simply am going to hang up and I'm going to call my grandchild directly. Uh, pretty low-tech solutions. Are those the only ways we can go about fighting this before you become a victim? They're not the only ways, but they're probably some of the most effective ways. And it's interesting, like you said, low-tech seems to be a good defense against high-tech because the high-tech really can't do some of these low-tech things. So, again, common sense. If it sounds too good to be true, it is. If, you know, if it's unusual for somebody, your grandchild, to be calling you, then, you know, uh, if that, you know, the spider senses is going off, if there's something wrong, listen to that. But we are actually looking at the same thing. The technology that could be used against us can also be used to prevent this. So it's kind of almost like a, an arms race with AI. The bad guys are using it for the attacks. The good guys are using it to detect the attacks. Like I said, it really is a bit of an arms race. So there is some things that are doing that we're using, you know, machine learning, artificial intelligence to be trained to detect when, when that is being used against us. But really, like I said, at this point, you know, common sense and low tech is a really good choice for doing this. What are some of the things that you folks are doing at Purdue to get ahead of the cyber criminals? Uh, we're doing a lot of things. We do a lot of what's called predictive analysis, trying to predict the future trends, trying to predict what's the next chat GPT that's going to come out that's going to be used against the, you know, the good guys. So we're always trying to be you know, one step ahead. We're trying not to be reactionary. We're trying to be able to, you know, trying to be a lot, a lot more proactive. So there's a lot of stuff related to, at the end of the day, while it's technology, we're still dealing with people. We're still dealing with criminals. It's somebody behind the attack. It's somebody behind the coding. So we're spending a lot of time at the intersection between understanding the technology and understanding what the people are going to do with the technology next and try to stay six months to a year kind of ahead of those trends which can be extremely difficult, you know, with technology changing so quickly. But at the end of the day, it still really is, even though we're seeing AI, it really still is a person problem. And your message to the chiefs of police that are gathered here in Winnipeg? 
is that, you know, they're on the first lines of defense, and as their cases are, are overwhelming and, and the caseloads are increasing, there are models that we can use uh, to assist with that. I used to be a uh, Winnipeg Police Service member, so I, I basically very familiar with... Uh, well, you're that Mark Rogers. I am that Mark Rogers. In fact, uh, myself and, and uh, the Chief Daddy Smythe, we graduated from the same uh, class, and we were, we were partners on the beat for quite a while. Well, we could talk about some things. We appreciate our time together. Uh, thanks so very much for doing this. No problem. Glad, glad to help out.